0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino.
1: Let me apologize in advance for my voice. I know it sounds a little strange, but uh, I promised you if I couldn't do a show, I wouldn't do it. I feel good. I just have been talking all weekend. I think it's given my vocal cords. If I sound a little different, uh, a little bit of a run for their money, it was like doing Widowmaker squats with my vocal cords. So. If I sound a little funny, please forgive me in advance. I promise we have got great content for you. I'm uh, excited to get it to you today. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Folks, you have a right to privacy online. Defend it. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the damn Bongino Show. Uh, coming to you from the frozen tundra of Florida, where it was an astonishing 41 degrees this morning. <laughs> I know my friends and Joe... You former Northeasterners, Joe there as well, are laughing. You're like, 41 degrees? That sounds like a warm winter day up there in Maryland and New York. Um, It's not down here where both Guy and I have been sitting here. No joke. I got my, uh, they are a sponsor, but I promise you there's nothing to do with that because someone asked me on my locals account what I was wearing. I have this Mizzen and Main hoodie here, uh, (laughs) which I've been wearing With the hood on, so I look like one of those little Jawas from uh, Star Wars. Those are Jawas? with The the Jawas, right? Um, I've been walking around the house with this thing because I'm freezing my cojones off, and I've developed no ability whatsoever to deal with cold weather. Okay, I've got a lot of serious stuff for you today, including a topic very sensitive to Joe and I, faith and religion. I discussed Pope Francis yesterday, and the feedback on the show was incredible. Uh, we are going to double down and open that up today, a conversation about who Pope Francis really is. Uh, it's a troubling conversation. What I want to have, I have that, Justin Trudeau in Canada, who gets caught giving up the liberal playbook, um, and who Google really is as well. Today's going to be a packed show. All right, Joe. Let's go. All right, Daddy Oak. Warm up those vocal cords. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I need it. That's why I've been drinking yeah. a lot of this green tea lately. Telling you, from all the talking.
2: Yeah, I bet. And all
1: the fights I've got going on, it gets ugly. That's what Joe said to me somewhere. I said, How are you doing, Joe? He goes, A lot better than you, it seems. I said, Yes, you are <laughs> yes. correct. So listen, I had a very troubling conversation with you all yesterday. A dialogue, even if I couldn't hear you talking back. Um, I could read you talking back because a lot of you sent me emails and messages on social media accounts saying, Dan, uh, thanks for covering uh, the, the ongoing crisis with Pope Francis and the Catholic Church. I am deeply troubled with the leadership at the Catholic Church these days, including Pope Francis. And it is not a Catholic Christian specific uh, argument and conversation we're having here. This argument is bigger because Pope Francis is, is, is a v- extremely powerful voice who should be using his platform as the titular head of the Catholic Church. He should be using his platform to be speaking about things that would really make a difference for the freedom, liberty, um, prosperity, and and, and livelihoods of people, which is lifestyle choices. That's what he should be talking about. The epidemic of, of single parents, of absentee fathers, the abortion crisis in this country, generations being wiped out, School choice issue, so everyone has access to education. But that's not what he's talking about. As we saw yesterday from Reclaim the Net, Pope Francis is abusing his platform as the head of the Catholic Church. He's abusing his platform to talk about social media allowing misinformation to spread, giving a de facto wink and a nod to the censors out there who've targeted people like me, Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson and others because they believe in socialist principles like shutting people down when you disagree with their political ideology. And the Pope is by default giving them a wink and a nod by claiming, hey, social media companies, your algorithms are allowing people like oh, Dan Bongino, I don't know, to spread their wicked ideas or whatever. What ideas are those? Freedom and liberty? So, a lot of feedback was uh, was sent my way by people in the audience who have had enough of Pope Francis. Matter of fact, a friend of mine, who's local, who shall remain nameless, sent me a text saying it's one of the things that's brought up to him most often is Pope Francis and his crisis in, in leadership. And people started sending me articles. Some I were aware well, I was aware of, or the premise behind them. Some I hadn't seen before. Here's one about Pope Francis from AP, the Associated Press. Pope Francis, market capitalism has failed in the pandemic and needs reform. Really? Market capitalism failed. I want you to listen to this quote from Pope Francis. It's a quote for the fact checkers out there. Tom Kircher, Um, it's a, you know, the <laughs> Tom, world's worst fact checker, right? This is an actual quote. The fragility of world systems in the face of the pandemic has demonstrated that not everything can be resolved by market freedom, he wrote. It is imperative to have a proactive economic policy directed at promoting an economy that favors productive diversity and business creativity and makes it possible for jobs to be created and not cut. Really? Um, Listen, I believe in a second creation and I believe in heaven. I wouldn't be a Christian otherwise. But that heaven is not on earth. You want to create a market economy or some derivative of some socialist economy where jobs can be created and not cut? Where exactly is that going to happen on planet Earth? That sounds like socialist claptrap to me. Sounds like a utopian vision that's not real. It's kind of like the same stuff socialists have promoted throughout human history with the easy answers to difficult questions that have gaslighted a lot of people into thinking the tyranny of socialism is a better path forward to prosperity. Sounds exactly like the rhetoric like that. Here's Pope Francis promoting wealth redistribution. Where's that worked? So you work, you produce the, few, or the fruits of your labor, foods, products, and services. You're a farmer, you're a doctor, whatever it may be. And someone who chooses not to work partakes in the fruits of your labor, creating an obligation on you to work for the benefit of someone who may not want to work at all. What happened to teach a man to fish? Did I miss that? That go away? Here's another article from the AP. The Pope on taxes. A sign of equality, justice, and legality. This is just from yesterday. Pope Francis encouraged tax collectors on Monday to keep working to redistribute wealth and fund social services that help the poor. Saying their efforts are a guarantee of equality that helps the common good. Really? It is? Gosh, that's fascinating. It goes on. It gets worse. Because where you see taxes collected at this really high rate, like in a lot of these European countries, you see equality explode, which is uh, inequality explode, which is really odd. It's almost like he didn't do his homework. Francis met with the members of Italy's tax collection agency and recalled that the taxes they gather pay for Italy's public health care system. You mean the one they ration? You mean that one? Pope Francis urged them to defend that because we shouldn't fall into a healthcare system that you pay for where the poor don't have a right to anything. Gosh, that's awfully ironic. It's almost like the Pope read the communist manifesto yeah. and just started spitting out talking points he thought were really interesting. So you think a public health system funded by a single payer in the government is a system where the poor don't have the right to, uh, don't uh, have the right to healthcare. That's fascinating because when you actually poll doctors in the UK system, and you ask them how many people have been kept from health care due to rationing, most of them poor because they don't have alternatives and can't travel out of the country for health care. Upwards of 5% say that they know people who died. Yes, who died waiting for rationed health care. And our Pope thinks that's some kind of benevolent system. Using your role as the head of the Catholic Church to push failed socialist ideas which have led to the deaths of millions of people.
2: So disheartening. So disheartening.
1: I know. I know. I know you're. I know how you feel about this. I know. I feel the same way. It's not a conversation either me nor Joe wanted to have. I'll ask the Pope this as well. Pope Francis, who seems to have uh, inserted himself into healthcare economics and a bunch of conversations he clearly doesn't understand or even worse, does understand and is misleading uh, the flock about. If public health care controlled by government bureaucrats, which is rationed by nature, right? There's only two ways to allocate health care or any product or service. If you can tell me a third way in economics, I will award you the Nobel Prize tomorrow. You can ration it or you can price it. Can you tell me a third way? What's the third way to allocate scarce resources? If you have 10 chairs and 10 people on an island and everybody needs a chair, right? Excuse me, you have 10 chairs and 15 people on an island. There's two ways you can allocate those chairs. You can sell them to people and see who wants to work to pay for the chair, or you can ration them and tell five people to go pound sand. Who do you think of the five people who are told to pound sand? The connected people on the island or the poor ones? Maybe the Pope should think about that. I'm just asking. If single-payer health care works so well, then why can't Vermont and California, two very liberal states, why can't they seem to pass single-payer health care? Just a news article, Madison Herniser. Hernizer, sorry. This is from yesterday. Be in my newsletter. California's universal health care bill dies due to lack of votes. It's kind of weird. California has a super majority of crazy far left Democrats. Why can't they pass single payer health care? Gee, maybe because even gee, that's intentional. Gee, maybe because the California Democrats realize that the $319 319 billion dollar price tag is entirely unaffordable all the while while they'll have to ration care while charging people more. The pope see that? Is he going to inject himself in that debate? I'm just asking, is he going to go and give a speech at the California Assembly about how great Italy's system of rationing healthcare is? I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Why do Italians, people from Europe and Canada, where they have single-payer health care, about 40,000 Canadians a year, cross the border for health care in the United States that they already paid for in Canada with their own tax dollars in Canada? Why do they do that? Why do they pay twice if the Pope is right? Maybe because he doesn't know what he's talking about. You want to hear it explained beautifully about the real sources of inequality? The Pope seems to think it's capitalism. Hasn't done his homework, apparently, using his platform to push failed ideas which have led to the deaths and and and, and, and the and impoverishing of generations of people. Here's a great Thomas Sowell. He's on Uncommon Knowledge here with Peter Robinson. And he wrote a book about inequality, Thomas Sowell. And he explains what the real source of inequality is. And the reason I picked this clip is, our Pope, you would think Pope Francis, given his place as a spiritual leader around the world, people who look to him for guidance, you would think he would be promoting things like marriage, like fidelity, the you know the plague of fatherless homes. He'd be talking about how how, how, uh, how terrible this has been for our families and for our communities, the ravages of street crime, the failures of public safety. I think he'd be talking about things like school choice. But no, He chooses to talk about free markets and capitalism instead, straight out of the Communist Manifesto. Here's Thomas Sowell explaining why lifestyle choices, what the Pope should be talking about, are really the solution to equality. Check this out.
0: I don't think it's the marriage as such or the library cards as such. It's that there are lifestyle choices that have been made. And the the comparison I made was between, if you look at the poverty rate among blacks, uh, uh, it was a 22%. And among whites, it was 11 percent. But among black married couples, it was 7.5 percent. Right. So it's not so they not only do better than blacks as a whole, they do better than whites as a whole. And so it's, it's, it's so, so it's lifestyle choices. Similarly, with with the results and some of these uh, more successful charter schools that uh, you have these kids not only uh, meeting but exceeding the national standards in places like ha- Harlem and Bedford's divers and the South Bronx and these are not kids who are skimming the crown cream they're kids chosen by lottery they don't even test them for ability they don't even look at their academic records they take them into the schools and, and they and they have hard work and they make it clear at the outset and they don't tolerate a lot of nonsensical behavior uh and and, and these kids are doing incredibly
1: You he said there it's lifestyle choices Dual parent nuclear family homes with strong fathers in the home. School choice where young minority kids who've been left out of the American dream. There are two Americas, make no mistake, and the Democrats created it. There's an impoverished, unequal America the result of liberal policies where people are forced into liberal enclaves in urban decay zones where the economy's struggling and the schools are terrible. Democrats did that. And this is the kind of stuff Pope Francis wants to see more of more big government tax policies which suck money out of economies that can make people prosperous, sticking them into public schools that fail them. That's what you want. You want more of that? How about you go out there and talk about things the Catholic Church should be talking about? The importance of marriage, the preservation of life in the womb. How about that? Just a suggestion for you. Rather than giving the left the ammunition they need to continue to censor the people like me who are talking about it. A good friend of mine texted me last night, sent me a text last night, and said he's been talking about this topic for a long time, and that the Vatican has some people who've made him public enemy number one or attacking him personally, going after him. Really? Is that the church now? Listen, the church is ours. I thought about this yesterday. I'm not leaving the Catholic church. It's ours. The Catholic church is not one man. It's a body of people. But I think it's upon all of us right now to demand that this Pope step aside. Causing a very dangerous situation out there. Providing moral cover to people who want to institute a system of censorship and totalitarianism. And him providing moral cover for it. I never thought I'd see the day. What a change from Pope John Paul. Pope John Paul, one of maybe four or five people at the time. Again, Reagan, Thatcher solidarity movement that that crushed the evils of communism in the soviet union and now we're sitting with pope francis ushering it right back in very very disturbing all right i've got a lot more to get to ladies and gentlemen not just that i want to get to justin trudeau next uh uh, uh, up in canada who is just a total weasel who gave up the lib playbook yesterday completely the lib playbook now is free speech is a great idea as long as I agree with it. If I don't agree with it, it's not free, which doesn't make it free speech, correct? Because it's not free if you say something Justin Trudeau disagrees with. Right. He gave up the whole liberal playbook yesterday. Let me get to my second sponsor. I want to talk about how censorship has become their new religion now. and something I did. I got a lot of questions yesterday about something we did, me and Joe, a decision we made. And I don't want you to think because uh, the left lies about stuff all the time. Coming up. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So, a hat tip and a salute to the truckers up in Ottawa and up in Canada who have taken a stand, yes, for freedom. I was hoping the Pope would speak out about that. I mean, body sovereignty, Joe, correctly, should be, right? should be yeah. one of the bedrocks of Catholic teaching. Your body was given to you by God. It's your temple. You should treat it as such. Uh, the government doesn't feel that way. They feel like even if you are presented a danger, potential danger, due to some either comorbidity or existing condition or problem you've had in the past with vaccines— that you should be forced by government bureaucrats to inject the substance in your body you may not want and you may not need. And seeing the Pope speak out about that much, love to hear him out on that one. But here's Justin Trudeau who objects to these truckers who have sent one of the world's largest convoys ever up into Ottawa and are now protesting against these mandates. So Trudeau the weasel says uh, this yesterday, and I want you to notice very specifically, he says, hey, I've gone out and joined a lot of these you know free speech kind of protests before, but... Only these people. Here, check this out. I have attended protests and rallies in the past uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. (laughs) So I'll meet with the people at a rally as long as I agree with their goals.
2: As long as they agree with me, it's totally fine. Like Black Lives Matter.
1: Tucker sums it up beautifully. Free speech is wonderful, as long as they agree. That is the liberal playbook. That is why censorship is their God. Censorship is their religion. And it's sad to see the Pope play into this. But you know what our religion is? Our religion is defiance. That's ours. Here are the truckers up there. Uh, This is a video by Hat Tip Rebel News. So the truckers up there who are in Ottawa, people want to bring them food. They need to eat. Obviously, they're human beings. It's kind of weird. Appears to be a police officer here. Working out some arrangement at checkpoints to allow people in with food. Hmm. I was entirely unaware that in the formerly free country of, of Canada before uh, communist Trudeau took over, uh, this clown, you know, the blackface guy, Yeah, him and Ralph Northam must have went to college together or something like that. The former governor of Virginia. Um, Justin Trudeau and, and I guess his police force here are trying to work out a checkpoint system to get in food. I was totally unaware in this formerly free country that delivering food to people was somehow a crime. I'm hoping the Pope is going to speak out about this. I mean, the Catholic church does a lot of good work delivering meals to people in need who are hungry. Right. Um, so these truckers who are fighting for freedom and body sovereignty, I'm assuming the Pope is going to speak out about this, right? Here it is. Here is a police officer. You're going to hear in this audio, uh, you know, negotiating with air quotes to bring food in. This is not North Korea. This is Canada. Check this out. A lot of things happen really fast. fast. Uh, certainly, we have we have checkpoints as far as to make sure that you know we're trying to work again towards that to, towards somewhere in the middle there. So in our in our discussions earlier this morning, we were working on making sure that we could have your food brought in to make sure you had your supplies. And a lot of things happen really quick, so that's part of why we were looking to talk to. Uh, talk to you guys here to find out, you know, are those those trucks belong in your group uh, to set up an access point? So it doesn't surprise our people because we have people in the area. And again, they're just looking to make sure that, you know, they're, they're following their, their processes and procedures as well. And uh, that's one thing we're looking to coordinate with you so we can bring it back to, again, our chain and facilitate that. You need to facilitate food delivery. Is there something illegal happening here? No, I'm asking you liberals a serious question. I I, I know you're not going to have an answer. I know you're going to clot your face, foam at the mouth, start vomiting like Reagan from The Exorcist. I understand that completely because when I confront you with your own totalitarianism, it bothers you. Well, of course you have to coordinate food delivery. There could be a food poisoning issue with the thing. Yeah, okay, sure, that's the problem. I get it. They need coordination to deliver food. Kind of weird. I'm wondering if the same coordination problems happened when BLM was protesting all over the United States and in other countries in Antifa. Was there a coordination issue with food there? No, no, that's right, Joe. There was no coordination issue. Not only were they allowed to drop off food for Antifa, but you remember they were allowed to drop off bricks? Yeah. and Remember that? Yeah, crazy how there wasn't a checkpoint for that. Drop off little bricks and stones and stuff. Chip off stones from the sidewalk. They didn't seem to have a coordination problem with the authorities on that. But yet you protest mandates and all of a sudden there has to be some coordination set up to deliver people food. Kind of weird, huh? Folks, defiance should be our religion though. If censorship is theirs. I don't mean religion in a formal worship way, obviously. You understand what I'm talking about. If censorship is going to be their bedrock principle, and defiance is going to be ours just like the truckers so there were a lot of questions yesterday i didn't expect it to happen i didn't say anything on the show because you know there's no i just wanted i just want rid of them i want them out of my life and that's google i didn't say anything on the show about it but i should have it was a mistake because a couple of people had emailed a couple of people called in the show and they said dan yesterday's podcast monday episode 1695 if i'm correct 1695 is not on the google Podcasts." uh app and platform. Yes, uh, we are banning Google Podcasts from ever carrying our show again. We will not allow them to do that. We'll do everything in our power to keep it off that platform. My sincere apologies um, to some of you who use that platform to listen to my show. Uh, Most of you have since moved on to other platforms. I got a text last night from my friend Rich, said he seamlessly moved over to a different platform in Rumble and listened to it. But Google has engaged with us uh, in the uh, using the things like the Popes saying the so-called misinformation war to attack and try to censor us. Google has attacked our website. Uh, Google has attacked us on YouTube where they banned us for speaking about the, the science about masks. Uh, we chose to then leave later. We banned Google from bonginoreport.com. Google Ads is banned from there. And now uh, our podcast, so if you're listening on a platform here, Outside of Google, Google will no longer be available to you anymore. I'm sorry, my apologies. But folks, um, defiance, we have to try here. We have to fight back in our own little way. Now, let me tell you, excising Google from my life completely has been a little more difficult. I don't want to spin your wheels than I thought. Google has secreted itself over the last 20 years into just about every component of everyone's life. Everything from workspace to calendar, we're moving it slowly. Slowly but surely, we're almost done. And just let me say, I have big plans coming up for something else with Google. It'll all make sense coming up soon. Google is apparently missing what's going on, which is stunning, because you'd think this trillion-dollar company um, that supports censorship and socialist-type ideas, you would think they would be a little smarter tactically. They're not. They are completely committed to speech censorship. That is their thing. Google is an existential threat to freedom in the United States, ladies and gentlemen. It is currently the most dangerous company in the world, is Google. And showing you how Google is obsessed with censoring a conversation I had, a scientifically-based conversation about masks, because Google is afraid of me. Google is afraid of free speech. This is who Google really is, showing you the hypocrisy. This was a 2019 article in Forbes. You can look it up yourself. It says, confirm. Google terminated Project Dragonfly. It censored Chinese search engines. So just to be clear, Google was working on the project that they later had to cancel. Why? Was it public pressure? Because you were exposed. To produce for the Chinese Communist Party, murderers, thugs who imprisoned Muslim Uyghurs right now and torture them and forced them. the world's largest surveillance state. Google was working with them on a project called Dragonfly that it later had to cancel on a censored Chinese search engine. Google loves censorship. It is the single most dangerous company in the world right now is Google. And I am working day by day to excise them from my life and remove them from my life. It's harder than I thought. Again, I'm not going to spin your wheels. There are things we keep finding where we have a Google extension. I'll give you a perfect example. We, uh, As we slowly but surely and methodically excise and cut Google out of our lives, we found out on a, one of the website, the station finder, uh, It was attached to a Google Map feature. This is all hard stuff, but we're cutting them out of our life. Yeah, they're everywhere. They are are the single most dangerous threat to freedom right now, Google's control over your life. I'm very sorry they're not on the podcast app, folks, but we can't do it. Now, why does Google want me silenced? And Ginny Marvin. Ginny Marvin is one of their ads liaison people. She works with um, Nandini, uh, the anti-Semite who had supported in a blog post Child Predators She works with them to make sure conservatives are censored because Nandini is funded by this Soros-type operation. Soros wants us all shut down, but why have they made me public enemy number one? Well, here's one of the reasons. Vox, not Fox, Vox with a V, yesterday uh, did an interview with Dan Pfeiffer, formerly of the Obama White House. Pfeiffer was a big shot in the Obama White House. I remember him rolling around the West Wing when I was working there. And uh, they did an interview with him on this podcast. And Dan Pfeiffer, who uh, I'm not really a big fan of the guy's politics, but he's very smart. He understands where the Democrats are having a real messaging problem. Why do they want me shut down? Well, here's the Vox article and a transcript of an interview Pfeiffer gave. Pfeiffer said, it's called Why Good Messaging Won't Save Democrats. He says, the Republicans have spent decades building up a massive ideologically based media apparatus. We think about it as Fox News, but it's not just Fox. It's Breitbart, Gateway Pundit, and Daily Caller. And then there's talk radio. Oh, oh, there is, which has been around for a long time and is still incredibly powerful in a lot of places. And then there's an entire, pay attention to this one, and then there's an entire Facebook-centric digital army led by the likes of Ben Shapiro and Dan Bongino that dictates the four corners of the political conversation and drowns out democratic messaging. They have a giant army. And we have a couple people shooting spitballs to try and keep up, and we're getting clobbered on it. Now, do you see why they want me gone? Because me and Ben Shapiro, quote, dictate the four corners of the political conversation? I think that's a little overdramatic. I think that's oversold. I think it's a little bit of fear-mongering. I, mm-hmm. I would take it as a compliment if we Dan Bongino dictates the four corners. I don't think that's true. I think I have a role in it, as Ben does, as Tucker does as well, and Joe Rogan and many others. Mark Levin, Hannity, Laura Ingram. But are we drowning out Democratic messaging? I mean, folks, that's, that's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Think about it. For four years, I've been screaming from the rafters that the Russian collusion thing was a hoax and the Spygate scandal is real. It took four years for me to break through and finally be vindicated. And we're drowning out Democrat messaging. Seriously? For four years, you believe Trump got peed on on a bed while I told you it was ridiculous and produced four years of receipts that it was a hoax? I would love to believe that's true. The problem is we're making a dent, me, Shapiro, and others, and that's why they want me gone. That's why Google is absolutely committed to censoring me and shutting me off the internet completely. These attacks won't stop, so we're getting out ahead of them, and we are banning Google. I want nothing to do with them. And thank you to everyone who immediately moved over to Rumble. We added 40,000 plus new followers at rumble.com slash You know, 40,000 in just the last few days. So we deeply appreciate it. Now, why do they want me silenced? Because we speak the truth. I'm going to show you in a minute how we were way ahead of the curve, <clears throat> excuse me, on masks and lockdowns and how we're being vindicated and the left is embarrassed. That's why they want me shut up. That's why they want me shut up and shut down. Because they're embarrassed. I'm going to show you a Johns Hopkins study coming up next showing you we were right the whole time, showing you how the left is consistently embarrassed by the content on this show, Shapiro, Levin, and other shows out there, and how we have been vindicated, whether it was on the collusion hoax or other things. We have been vindicated. They don't like being embarrassed. That is why Google and the leftists at Google want us shut down. He, remember when we said early on, Joe, in the pandemic, you guys remember this? We said, guys, we have to look at this risk analysis outside of just the COVID bubble. Let's gauge the fatality rate. Let's gauge the infection fatality rate, the, face, the case fatality rate. Let's gauge the R-naught, how infectious it is. And then let's compare it to what these alternatives would be, lockdowns versus not lockdowns. It's not what they did. They said, we want to stop COVID at any cost. Which wound up creating costs that were greater than if they just would have uh just would have handled COVID and not locked down. Yeah. Something we said from the start. Yes. We've now been vindicated. We've only said that from the start. It, let me state it even simpler for those of you who may have missed some of my earlier episodes on this. We accept the danger in a lot of things. We don't say we are gonna zero uh air air fatalities. Zero. We're gonna shut down air travel. People die in plane crashes. They do. It's tragic. We don't shut down air travel. Why? Because the cost of shutting down air travel would be so much greater and deaths and destruction and poverty from goods not making it to places than the deaths we have from air accidents. We did none of that with COVID. Shut down COVID no matter what. Yeah, but what if more people die from depression, the lack of cancer screenings? It doesn't matter. Let them die. We were right. Johns Hopkins. Headline a literature review and meta-analysis of the effects of lockdowns on COVID-19 mortality. I want you to read this paragraph. The Dan Bongino show was right, and this is why Google needs to shut us up. Quote, while this meta-analysis concludes that lockdowns have had little to no public health effects, they've imposed enormous economic and social costs where they've been adopted. In consequence, lockdown policies are ill-founded and should be rejected As a pandemic policy instrument. Verdict is in, folks. What we told you from the start about balancing risk analysis and not making stupid decisions based on your impulse to want to shut down a respiratory virus you cannot shut down was absolutely correct. And the left has been embarrassed the entire time. That's why they want to shut up. That's why they want to shut down. Make no mistake. So, why continue? Why does the left continue this unpopular dance with what they call NPIs, non pharmaceutical interventions? In other words, universal masking, school lockdowns, social distancing. Why does the left continue with this dance, although it's pretty much universally unpopular? Leftists like Gavin Newsom, London Breed, and Eric Garcetti from California don't even follow their own masking guidelines. Why does the left continue this unpopular dance? with these failed policies of lockdowns and many of these other NPIs like universal masking if it doesn't work? Well, I have to tell you, I have not read a better explanation in a long time than James Freeman's. James Freeman in the Wall Street Journal. The article is titled, He Who Must Not Be Named in Swing Districts, but it's not about that. That later in the article, he talks about uh, what he calls the Toronto principle. One uh, One of the contributors to this journal column. Remember what he's talking about here. He's talking about why the left adopts and sticks to no matter what unpopular positions. And then when they're called out by people like me, they call for us to be censored, even though we were right. He says this, he says, Toronto developed a counterintuitive theory that leftist media bias actually harms Democrats in many elections because it encourages them to adopt unpopular positions. This is genius. The theory's proven to be quite durable. To take one recent example, in the absence of biased media coverage, what politician would have decided that voters were eager to see fewer police officers in their neighborhoods? This huh. is genius. Huh. Keep, keep that. Keep that in the evergreen file. The Toronto principle. Huh. What, uh, what What? what uh, James Freeman's saying in the column here is we should be thanking the media bias and the Googles who censor people. Well, we shouldn't be saying we should be thanking him, but you get the point because what it's creating is an echo chamber of stupid on the left where the left and their dramatic, radical, far left, not, not Democrat, but radical, liberal, far left nonsense encourages Democrats to believe that all of their crazy BS, masking kids as young as you know five years old, universal mandates for injections people don't want in many cases and don't need, They believe this is popular, defunding the police, because they see it in their media echo chamber all the time. Conservatives don't have that. Conservatives are forced to venture outside of what the echo chamber may be and see what the other side is thinking. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. But he has another point here about this principle, about why left-wing media bias is so bad for the left. He says, a new interview suggests that leftist media bias also hurts Democrat candidates in another way. He's talking about the same interview I just cited to you from Vox. He says Democrats may neglect to communicate their messages to their constituents in the belief that, don't worry, friendly media will take care of such tasks. He talks about the interview later with Dan Pfeiffer, the one where I mentioned. Fascinating. Now you understand, because it's one thing to discuss this stuff on the show. There's a leftist media ecosystem, echo chamber. We all know that. That's not helpful to you. But now we understand why and the damage it may be doing to the left, that these ecosystems create a mass delusion where Democrats think they're doing stuff that has universal approval. And then what happens? They get smoked in Virginia, New Jersey, and they still can't change course. Here's another one. Look at his Newsmax poll. Joe Rogan has a greater approval rating than Joe Biden. Why is that? Joe Rogan's not in their echo chamber. Joe Rogan's had people with various uh, viewpoints on coronavirus on his show. Has Joe Rogan, has Scott Atlas in the White House? Of course not. Joe, uh, uh, Joe Biden, excuse me. Joe Biden won't have alternate opinions in the White House because they live in their ecosystem. This is also, by the way, why they hate people like Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis has become uh, a messaging genius. He is extremely popular here in Florida because he refuses to go along with this media echo chamber bubble that wants Ron DeSantis taken out. The reason they hate Ron DeSantis is they know Ron DeSantis is going to be a presidential candidate at some point and they need to break him. But they can't break him because he's smarter than them and he understands their policies have failed. So, I want you to listen. This is very important. This is about the latest fake media uh, generated Ron DeSantis scandal. We were apparently some neo Nazi group. Uh, no one knows who they are up in Orlando. And for some reason, they tried to pin this thing on DeSantis. If you say for some reason, it's because that's what the media does. They're just a-holes and they just make stuff up. DeSantis, obviously, it condemns this stuff in the strongest possible terms, but that doesn't matter to the left because they're liars. and in the media, and they talk to each other in an ecosystem. And they have to understand that only they believe this. So DeSantis is asked about this neo-Nazi group, and he just takes these media idiots to school. Here is another episode of Ron DeSantis Strikes Again. We haven't done that. Here it is, Ron DeSantis taking these people to the woodshed. Check this out.
2: These people, uh, these Democrats who are trying to use this as some type of political issue to try to smear me as if I had something uh, to do with it, we're not playing their game. You know, some jackasses. You know, doing this on the street. First of all, state law enforcement is going to hold them accountable because they were doing stuff on the overpass. Uh, so we're so they're absolutely going to do that, and they should do that. Uh, but I'm not going to have people try to smear me that belong to a political party that has elevated anti-semites to the halls of Congress like Ilhan Omar that have played footsie with the BDS movement that even have people in their party that have cavorted with Farrakhan no we're going to take our record in Florida and what we've done sign the strongest anti-semitism bill in the country We've stood, stared down companies who were indulged in BDS like Airbnb, and we've won. We've provided record funding for Jewish day schools, and we've had the strongest relationship between Florida and Israel than we ever had. That's how it's done, folks. That's how it's done.
1: You don't answer their when did you stop beating your wife questions. You turn the question around on them. These media people are enemies of the truth. They have been enemies of the truth for a long time. They know exactly what they're doing. And it's because of this insulated bubble they're in that they're driving the Democrat Party off the cliff in what I believe is going to be a historic route in 2022 like they haven't seen in a long time. Ron DeSantis strikes again. Good for you, Ron, Governor. I want to show you this quick video as well out of Australia, Australia, which has turned into a uh, prison colony to our Australian listeners. I am, uh, yeah, I am to the conservatives and freedom fighters over there. I am with you. I am with you in, in heart. I am with you in mind. I am with you in spirit. I am following the situation closely. I'm using our wide audience to get the word out about the prison colony Australia has become. Um, Australia in many ways right now is no different than a hard communist totalitarian country. They have run the place into the ground. And just when you think things in Australia couldn't get more preposterous and outrageous, here's an Australian media outlet reporting on a new policy where unvaccinated parents um, cannot visit their kids in the hospital unless the kids are dying. (laughs) Forget natural immunity. Forget the fact that the vaccine in many uh, in many cases, may not be wanted for a number of different reasons, whether religious or medical, that they want to keep you from visiting your sick kid. Now, this is insane. This is the kind of stuff that happens in deranged third world regimes with tin pot, uh, tin pot dictators in charge. And I want you to listen to the media kind of seemingly approvingly, semi-approvingly nod there. Oh, yeah, this is a great idea. Here, listen to this. West Australian parents who are unvaccinated will be banned from seeing their own sick children in the state's hospitals under the new strict laws drawn up by Premier Mark McGowan. The tough new rules will come into play from January 31. Only those with exemptions from the vaccine or under compassionate grounds including end-of-life visits will be allowed to step inside the hospitals which includes visiting their own kids. What we
0: have known for some time is that from January 31, the measures will be ramped up even more. We also know that the one thing the Premiers and the Prime Minister for that matter have been united on is the need to get vaccinated. So it becomes the ultimate test, doesn't it? If you're unvaccinated and you're going to what's deemed a high risk area i.e. a hospital or an aged care facility, the ability to go and see your loved one if you're unvaccinated may well be taken away from you. And could that be the trigger to make you change your mind? And I guess That's the force at play here. It's a tough decision, isn't it? What would a parent do? Confronted by that, would it make you change your philosophy? Maybe it would, and maybe that's what the government are banking on.
1: Remember, this is about punishment. This is about using the concentrated power of government to punish people who stand in defiance. People who celebrate their own body sovereignty. This has nothing to do with a public health care measure. You have no evidence at all that these vaccine, the vaccine portfolio we have now, stops the transmission of Omicron. You have none. None. Yet there's a decent amount of evidence that natural immunity has a significant effect on stopping you from getting Omicron again. Yeah, but you ignore that. And you want to keep people from seeing their kids. This is all about the concentrated power of government being used to punish the citizens and to the people in Australia and Canada. We're with you, and we're going to continue to talk about your descent sad descent into a prison colony. All right, let me get to this <clears throat> next, and then I want to get to another disturbing story that was the headline story at Bongino Report all day yesterday about Biden putting together a list of gun owners. They, have, oh, The Democrats love their lists, folks. They have always wanted lists.
2: Hey, Dan, Our do, you, final do you need to take a uh, yeah. drink? You need to take a drink. Yep. Yep. Yeah, go ahead, Take get yourself a,
1: a spot of tea or whatever it is you have. Joe's like, man, how much of this am I going to That's better. You see, you sound a little better already. I yeah. feel okay, though, folks. I promise you. Like, I never want to, I always told you, I watched that speech with Ann Coulter that time at CPAC, you know, whatever, 15, 20 years ago. She was so sick and she kept telling everyone. And I was like, gosh, I want to get into the speech, but I felt so bad for her. I just wanted her to wrap it up. So if I don't feel like doing a show, I won't do it. I don't want you to, like, feel bad for me. You're such a great audience. And, you know, you're, you're always looking out for me. I feel good. It's just my voice. but hey, you sound you. better. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Speaking of firearms, this story was headlining Bongino Report all day yesterday. It's at the Free Beacon by Adam Credo, who's been all over this story. It'll be in my newsletter today as well. If you'd like to sign up, bongino.com slash newsletter, I'd appreciate it. Again, I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to speak to you on traditional channels. So. Uh, really these, uh, you know, these, these tyrants and big tech are really troublesome. They've always wanted a list of gun owners, the government, the government loves the list. It's a means of control. Uh, it'd be hard to confiscate weapons if they don't know who has them correctly. Uh, correct. There's 330 million people, uh, plus in the United States. If you don't know who has the weapons, that's an awful lot of search warrants to try and serve. Right. So the government's always wanted a list. It's one of the reasons why I told you they keep talking about the gun show loophole that doesn't exist. There is no gun show loophole, okay? The gun show loophole that they talk about is a private-to-private sales thing where if you sell your firearm privately or give it to, say, your your, your son or your daughter, as long as they're eligible to own the firearm, it doesn't have to go through this the, uh, through a gun store and an FFL. Sometimes those transactions happen at gun shows. Sometimes they don't. Why does the left object to that so much? Because, folks, if you can dispose of your firearm by giving it to your son or daughter, then the list would be useless, right? Why would a list be useless? Because if they come to your house and say, where's your gun? You could say, hey, I gave it to my son or daughter, right? Right. Or I sold it a while ago. I don't know where the guy is. You get the point here? This is why they talk about the gun show loophole. They want a list of every single transaction because when they come for your guns later on, they want to be sure they know who has them. Now, look at this story. Washington Free Beacon, Biden administration has records on nearly 1 billion gun sales. They do. I thought we weren't allowed to keep lists. Yes, I thought so too. Yet the ATF disclosed to lawmakers that it manages a database of nearly 1,920,664,765 firearm purchase records, including digital and hard copy versions of these transactions. When a licensed gun store goes out of business, its private records detailing its transactions become ATAF property and are stored at a site in West Virginia. The practice has contributed to the fear of gun advocacy groups and Second Amendment champions in Congress that the federal government is creating a national database of gun owners, which violates longstanding federal statutes. Gee, you think, folks? You give the government information, as we saw. In the metadata scandal under the Patriot Act and other things of the FISA courts, you give the government information, the government will abuse it. That's what government does. Maybe Pope Francis should realize that. The concentrated power creates concentrated corruption. Folks, this is the reason, again, behind their push to get rid of what they call the gun show loophole. They want to make sure every single transaction is tracked so they know where the guns are when they can go and get them. Let me show you one quick story before we run today. Uh, very another very dangerous nominee put up by Joe Biden, who wants to expand the power of the bureaucratic state with the most radical people possible. His nominee for the Federal Reserve uh, governorship, one of the governorships, is Lisa Cook. Here's Lisa Cook on, I believe, the BBC. His nominee talking about how awesome government spending is and how all these stimulus plans basically saved us, like the you know like the New Deal did, in FDR really because the evidence says otherwise. Check this out in the Great Depression when we had these kinds of uh, statistics before, we did something. Now, people are calling it socialist, but I would say that they are not understanding socialism. Um, If that means responding to the needs of Americans, then call it what you want, but we've got to get out of this situation, and this is all related to the pandemic, right? I mean, and I think that the the Biden uh, camp is looking at the pandemic and putting that as a first order of business, in addition to investments that have been uh, that have gone uh, under invested in in American uh, in the American economy recently, for example, in renewable energy and clean transit and infrastructure. Really? So um, the covid stimulus plan saved us like the New Deal did. Really? Fascinating, because CNBC, a leftist outlet, is reporting that, quote, criminals have stolen nearly $100 in COVID relief funds. Secret Service says, yeah, it's kind of a lot of money. Why is that? Because whenever government spends money, neither cost nor quality matters, ladies and gentlemen. It's other people spending other people's money on other people. Therefore, they don't care about the cost. It's not their money, and they don't care about the quality of what they buy because it's not their product either. Hat tip, the great Milton Friedman. That's what the Pope wants more of, my friend. More stolen, wasted money. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Just a note: Fox is reporting Tom Brady announced his retirement today. I, I don't know. I'm going to hold off till tomorrow, until I have absolute confirmation. Especially after the Barry Manilow disaster with that story, people reporting that. Uh, you know, we got to follow the Bongino rule, okay? The Bongino rule. We got to stick to it, even when he's out. Let's report. So we'll see. Um, but Tom Brady, according to them, is uh, is announcing his retirement. Don't forget to subscribe to my Rumble account, please. Help us get to uh, three million people. We're at 2.1 now. Rumble.com slash Bongino. I really appreciate it. Tough show today in the beginning, but uh, had to be said. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.